Our reading tonight is Daniel chapter 6, which is in page 891 of the Church Bibles. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three chief ministers over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the chief ministers and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the chief ministers and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So these chief ministers and satraps went as a group to the king and said, Make King Darius live forever. The royal ministers, prefects, satraps, advisers and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying, asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or human being except to you, your majesty, should be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, The decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pray, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sunset to save him. <clears throat> then the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, Remember, your majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, who you serve, continually rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of the nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, 
Has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me, because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den, and when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language on the earth, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. This is the word of the Lord. But let's pray first. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening to hear you, to hear you speaking to us. Would you open our hearts so that we can see the wonders in your word? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we um, live in a strange time, don't you think? Uh, especially for any of us here who call ourselves Christians already, um, followers of Christ. On the, on the one hand, you have the Holy Spirit living within you, directing and empowering you daily, so that no matter what difficulties you're facing, you can seek God's help. You're literally sorted. Uh, and as a result, you often have this unspeakable joy which you carry around with you. And you often perform well in whatever you do, sometimes even outstanding. But on the other hand, because you are different, uh, you maybe you hold dif- onto a different value from everyone else and you, you just stick out like a sore thumb, and people just don't like that. Uh, maybe it's your outstanding performances that triggered jealousy. Uh, have you heard of this English term, British English, I think, called uh, the, the toe puppy syndrome? Toe puppy syndrome? Oh, you should look up, it's a fun term. Uh, basically, you know, puppies, they grow, right? And toe puppies, because they stick out, you just need to cut it down. Toe puppies new. There you go. You get the idea. Cut down the toe puppies. Uh, perhaps at your workplace, where you find more and more uh, restricted to live out your faith. Uh, you are not allowed to talk about your faith with your colleagues. Or maybe it's at your school. You feel the pressure to, to blend in. If others find out that you're being um, outspoken and active about your faith, they might cancel you. They might distance themselves from you and you lose, you lose all your friends. 
And our story today is a very familiar one, I believe. Daniel in the lion's den. And it, we heard, heard it read to us by Chris so well already. So instead of retelling the story, I'll try to draw some comparisons uh, with our lives and see if we can relate to Daniel or how Daniel's story relates to us. Firstly, troubles are inevitable, as you could tell already from what I've just said, because our faith is a costly faith. So when troubles come, don't be surprised. Uh, in the first chunk of chapter 6, we were told that Daniel was actually a big deal. Daniel and two others were put in charge of 122 others. They keep, their job was to keep them accountable so that the king would not suffer loss. Can you smell corruptions brewing already? And things got escalated in, in verse 3. Verse 3, as a foreigner, as an, an ex-official of a country that was recently conquered by, by King Darius. So Daniel was serving the Babylonian kingdom before now, before he serves King Darius. So Daniel stuck out. And Daniel was about to be made above everyone else by King Darius. And I think, I think in fact, we were told that he was about to be set over the whole kingdom. So including the other two big bosses, I think. Now they, they, were, they were to be put under Daniel's watch. And everyone hated that fact that Daniel wasn't corrupted like them. And I'm guessing that those two top dogs working alongside Daniel were in the same camp as the rest of the 122, 120 people in verse 4. Um, they can suffer to have a God-fearing Jew as their superior. They can stand the fact that Daniel was trustworthy and uncorrupted because that means Daniel would eventually snuff them out for maybe taking bribes, for misusing their powers, or even abusing their powers. They wanted to bring Daniel down. But Daniel wasn't negligent either. He, he knew his stuff. So they had to gang up to plot against Daniel. But Daniel, you know, it's strange, isn't it? Because all what Daniel was doing was, was to, to be faithful in whatever task he was entrusted. All he was doing was to, to serve his king, whichever king that God placed him under. He just wanted to be faithful in, in all that he did. But people, people hated him for that. You see, this kind of discrimination and hatred towards God's people is nothing new. It happened before, it will happen again. Remember um, the similar story in the New Testament where, where Jesus stood trial before the council of Jewish leaders. They hated Jesus because Jesus was always speaking truth. Uh, they hated the fact that Jesus pointed out their sins yet they couldn't find any fault in Jesus. They hated the fact that Jesus was, was gaining popularity over them. And they hated the fact that people gave their attention to Jesus instead of to them. So they ganged up and plotted to get rid of Jesus, to, to kill Jesus. 
So don't be surprised if you are also facing similar uh, accusations or, or oppositions, especially when you choose not to conform to the ways of people around you. Now, Jesus said in John chapter 15, verses 18 to 19, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Uh, back to Daniel chapter 6. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors, all of them, they have all agreed to get rid of Daniel. They've all agreed to get King Darius to pass this, this law that would make Daniel's faith become illegal. Of course, Daniel found out about the new stupid law which they have tricked King Darius into passing. What would you do if you were Daniel? Have you heard about this, um, this lawsuit? You might have had a glimpse of that picture already. Uh, this lawsuit nicknamed Gay Cake Case. It was a big deal a few years back. I still remember quite vividly hearing about that on the news. Uh, it was nine years ago in 2014. Daniel and Amy MacArthur, the owner of Asher's baking company, got a request to, to make a cake decorated with a, with this message, with this slogan, support gay marriage. But Daniel and Amy refused to make that cake. They were happy to make the cake for, for, the, for the men, but they refused to, to make the cake with that message because they are Christians and they don't agree with the same-sex marriage, the idea of that. And, and for that, they got sued. They got sued. Inconceivable. Uh, what was more outrageous at the time, though, was seeing the county council siding with the accuser and charged the MacArthur's for direct discrimination. And so they were told to formally apologize and they were fined uh, 500 pounds in damages. What would you have done if you were the MacArthur's? Would you keep your head down, give in, apologize, and let the case drop? Or would you stand firm in what you believe to be true and right? Well, let's see what Daniel did. Daniel, in, in our Bible, Daniel. Uh, our second point, it comes down to who is your God? Who do you truly trust? Who do you fear? Who do you love? Uh, verse 10. When Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Daniel went home and, and prayed, not because of the crisis he was facing. No, no, it was, it was Daniel's habit, it was his routine. He goes to God three times a day, just as he has always done. 
Maybe in his prayers, he asked God for help. I think that's a given. And he asked God to give him wisdom to face this crisis. Maybe he, he spoke to God in, in his prayer about this frustration that he encounters each day facing those 120 people. But essentially, he, he didn't go to God only in times of trouble or in times of need. He continued to pray as he were because of his love for God, because he feared God. The enemies want us to change our habits our faith, to, to conform. And when that happens, what will you do? Uh, think of someone you really love. Just in your head, think of someone you love. Naturally, you want to be with them, to get to know them better. And that's just how relationship works, right? You agree with that? Uh, you might even want to tell that person how much you love them. Or if you are too shy, you can just subtly express how much you enjoy their company. Just, just hint for you guys, for the young, younger ones. Uh, no one forces you to verbalize your love for that person. No one forces you to spend time with that person. You simply want to because you love that person. Now, if someone who's in power it was to come to you and say, over the next 30 days, you are not allowed, you cannot speak to that person at all. Okay, get that? You cannot speak to that person at all. The only person you are allowed to speak to, to is me. All right? Outrageous, isn't it? I wonder uh, who you have in mind when I ask you to think of, of that someone. I was thinking about my wife, Ruth, who might be watching right now. Um, how unthinkable is that when, when someone tells me that I am not allowed to speak to my wife for 30 days? Maybe try put ourselves in Daniel's shoes. Verse 8. Uh, imagine that person in power just passed that law, saying, I'm going to be your God over the next 30 days. So pray only to me. If you pray to anyone else, I'll feed you to the lions. When troubles come our way, um, not if, but when, because troubles will come. When troubles come our way, it's actually not all that bad because it forces us to think, whose side am I truly on? Who do I truly trust? Who do I truly fear? And who do I truly love? And how we respond to, to times of trouble bears witness to those around us. People get to see that your faith is real. People get to see that your God is real. Uh, some might continue to be so stubborn, just like those 120. But there will be people like King Darius who came to realize the stupid mistake that he made. He made. He, re he realized his inability to resolve this sticky situation caused by his stupid mistake. And the mistake that he made is now killing the only person in the whole empire that he could fully trust. And because of such mistake, maybe for the first time, King Darius was forced to acknowledge 
Daniel and, and his relationship with his God. And that Daniel's God might actually be the real deal. Verse 16, the king said to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. Maybe how we respond in times of trouble helped those of us who weren't um, like Daniel, who's always consistent in, in his prayer life. But because of your witnesses, you inspired those of us to reevaluate our own faith. And you gave other examples. Uh, you, you gave other examples of how, how they too can, can trust God, uh, to fear God, and to love God more. So in, in times of trouble, do you turn to your enemies who surrounded you? Do you give in, keep your head down, compromise, conform to their ways? Or do you turn to your God who's always with you, who's able to save and rescue you so that you can continue to stand firm? Uh, lastly, troubles give us opportunities to know the living God who rescues and saves. Well, look at King Darius. He made his mistakes. He learned his lessons. He humbled himself that night, refused to eat, refused any entertainment. He could not sleep. And my guess is that, even though the Bible didn't say, that's my, my guess, maybe for the first time he actually prayed Pray to Daniel's God. Maybe, just maybe, Daniel's God is real and he can do the impossible, the things that Darius couldn't do. Maybe he could save Daniel. Why, why do I say that? Uh, verse 19, at the first light of dawn, as soon as he could see, Darius hurried to the lion's den. Verse 20, he called Daniel with the hope to hear a response from Daniel. Strange, isn't it? Uh, in any given circumstances, like verse 24 suggests, you throw food at a bunch of hungry lion, hungry lion, hungry lions eat the food, and the food ended up in their tummies, and dead meat don't make any sound. But Darius was asking, he was hoping to hear something from, from, from the lion's den. I mean, it's, it's not rocket science. You know, that, that means don't make sound. Daniel, uh, Darius, King Darius called out, Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? What happened next confirmed Darius' assumption. Daniel's God really is the living God. Verse 22, the angel whom God sent shut the mouths of the lions. Daniel said, the lions have not hurt me because I was found innocent in God's sight. And what happened next was super encouraging. Verse 25 and 26, King Darius issued a decree to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth. What just happened? Uh, in the days where there was no internet, 
this was a big deal. King Darius wanted everyone to know and fear Daniel's God. Verse 26, he publicly acknowledged that Daniel's God is indeed the living God who endures forever. Darius's reign would come to an end, and he knew that, but he said God's dominion will never end. <clears throat> Verse 27, Daniel's God is the God who saves. And if God is the God who endures forever, and if he, his kingdom, if his kingdom endures forever, then with that logic, the effects of God's rescuing and saving would also be forever. The question for you and I, however, is why would God save us? Why would God save you and me? Back to verse 22, a little bit. Daniel said, the lions have not hurt me because I was found innocent in God's sight. But how, how is it possible, though, that Daniel was found innocent in God's sight? Because the Bible repeatedly tells us that there's no one righteous, not even one. Um, Apostle Paul wrote in Romans, he said, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You and I, if we get to, the, get to be thrown into the lion's den, it was because we deserve death. Because none of us are innocent and the wages of sin is death. But, there's always a but, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, God demonstrated his own love for, for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We don't deserve to live, but God's willing to, to gift eternal life to anyone who would believe. Romans 3.22, and this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. It's given to anyone who believes, whether you are a Jew or not a Jew. I almost forgot to tell you the, the result, that what, what happened to, to Daniel and Amy MacArthur, the, the bakers, right? Uh, even, though, even though the county, count, sorry, even though the county court deemed them guilty. Uh, they, they then appealed up to the Court of Appeal. And the Court of Appeal actually supported the original ruling. So the Court of Appeal said, no, you're, you're guilty still. And then so they kept appealing up. Uh, eventually they appealed to the Supreme Court Finally, four years later, after initially being accused, the Supreme Court agreed that the county court and the court of appeal was in the wrong. Daniel and Amy were declared innocent. So for us who are Christians, maybe you are going through some really tough time, just like the, the MacArthur's. Have you noticed how the first decree in the book of Daniel, um, which Darius issued was still in effect. Uh, because of, according to the law of Medes and Persia, 
verses 8 and 12. Uh, both said, once a decree is published, it cannot be re repealed. So you and I living in a world that's hostile to God, there are ridiculous laws passed around the world to restrict God's people, to harm God's people, or even to, to kill God's people. And we live in such world. But would you remember and hold on to the new decree, verses 26 and 27? You see, even though the old decree out there is still there, is still valid, is still harming you, but the new decree trumps the old. And you are already eternally rescued by God. The, the heavenly supreme court has already ruled you innocent. So despite what troubles you are going through right now, will you continue to cling unto God, just like Daniel, knowing that you are secure in him? And for those of us who haven't yet put your trust in Jesus Christ, would you consider receiving the gift God offers? Through Jesus Christ, you'd be seen as righteous and innocent, just like Daniel. Not only will you be free of judgment, saved and rescued eternally, but you will also get to know this living God of Daniel personally and enjoy being part of his kingdom forever. Let's have a moment of quiet and we'll pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you are not a God who is so far away that we cannot know. Thank you that through Jesus Christ, your Son, not only are we saved and rescued, but you have also reconciled ourselves to you so that we can experience you, your saving power daily. Thank you too for all the hardship in our lives, for reminding us that you are our God who's ever with us. Thank you that we, we can daily turn our eyes to you, the maker of heaven and earth, from whom our help comes from. Amen. <laughs>